Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Hey, everyone, and thanks for joining me. My name is Laura Adams, and I'm a personal finance and small business expert, author, and educator who's been hosting the Money Girl podcast since 2008. My mission is to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth, and have more security and less stress. Every show is created to give you actionable strategies and practical advice and tips that you can use right away to take your financial life to the next level. Be sure to subscribe to the show and participate by sending me your money question or your comment. You can leave a message 24-7 on our voicemail line by calling 302-364-0308. And you can also email me using my contact page at lauradadams.com. And if you want to read a companion blog post, which is what we call the show notes for this or any show, They're published every week in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Today's episode is 619, called How to Create a Personal Finance System for Money Success. I pulled this one from the archives for you this week while I'm taking some time off, but don't worry, it is a great episode. No matter if the pandemic has left you feeling discouraged or upset about your finances, or you're in good shape but you just want to make better money decisions, this show is for you. In many cases, what I find is that financial problems or frustrations arise when you don't have an effective money system in place. I'm going to cover a simple four-part system that will really help you make the most of what you already have, simplify your life, and create more financial success. All right, if you're ready, let's get into the show. There are four overarching parts to a money system that will keep you informed, allow you some flexibility, and support your dreams all at the same time. So I'm going to take you through those four. And the first is monitoring cash flow. This is the first part of your personal finance system because it is so important to monitor your cash flow. Understanding exactly how you earn, spend, and save is so important because it really lays the foundation of your financial life. If you're not sure how much money is coming in and going out, 
you won't be able to manage it intentionally, period. But I will say that getting your arms around cash flow, if you're just doing it for the first time, it isn't always easy because it's probably moving through multiple places. These may include a bank, checking and savings, you've probably got one or more credit cards, retirement account, brokerage account, college savings account, medical savings accounts, and more. To manage all these transactions properly without driving yourself insane, you need a good way to centralize them. The trick to watching and managing cash flow is simple. It's to use a convenient digital tool that aggregates your entire financial life in one place. Here are some of my favorite money programs that make it really easy to stay on top of your cash flow, either using your computer desktop or even a mobile device. Quicken, you know, you've heard me talk about Quicken before. It's been around a long time. It's considered the gold standard in personal finance software, which is why I mention it multiple times on the podcast. It's so great because it connects to multiple types of accounts, such as banks, credit cards, lenders, and investments to aggregate all of your transactions. So all you have to do is enter the credentials that you use to log into various financial sites one time. And then every time you open Quicken, it's going to connect to them and pull in any new transactions. The Quicken Starter Edition allows you to automatically categorize. It's got limited budget tracking and a bill dashboard, and you can get that for $35 per year. If you upgrade to the deluxe version for $50 a year or even the premier edition for $75 a year, you'll get everything that the starter version comes with plus some extra features like customizable budgeting, loan tracking, investment tracking and analysis, bill pay, online backup, a lot of extras. You can use Quicken on a PC or a Mac, but PC users can also get the home and business version for $100 a year. That helps you manage a small business or freelance work by separating your personal and your business expenses. And you can also do things like email custom invoices with payment links and track your business tax deductions. Once your financial transactions are imported into Quicken, you can categorize them using suggested labels or some that you customize. The program quickly learns which categories to assign to different transactions, but you can always change it or even split transactions between multiple categories. Another great program is Mint. This is owned by Intuit. They're the former owner of Quicken. Now, Mint is free. It's a free app that also connects your financial accounts, categorizes transactions, and displays an easy-to-read dashboard. It also has a budgeting function. It's got bill pay, alerts. It even gives you a free credit score. The downside to most free financial apps is that you're going to see a lot of ads. So if you're okay with that and can ignore it, I think you'll really like Mint. And it's a great tool if you're just starting out, you know, you're just starting your digital personal finance system, or maybe you just want a free solution to give it a try. Google Sheets. This is another easy, free way to stay on top of your money. You can use formulas to add up rows or columns, create charts or graphs, and even export data to a variety of popular formats like PDF. 
The problem with spreadsheets is that, you know, you do have to have a little knowledge about how they work, and you also have to enter your transactions by hand, which can be very time-consuming if you've got a lot of them. However, one tool that will allow you to automate the process is Tiller, T-I-L-L-E-R. It connects to your financial institutions and aggregates transactions into Google Sheets, which is pretty cool. And Tiller offers several free templates, such as an expense tracker, a business spreadsheet, and even a build-your-own spreadsheet. You can try it free for 30 days and then pay $59 per year going forward to use Tiller. And as you review your transactions, what you need to do is be very vigilant about categorizing them correctly so that you're going to have accurate reporting. Seeing all your transactions organized by income and expense category, like housing, food, transportation, insurance, and savings, seeing all that gives you incredible insight into spending, and it also shows you where your weak spots are. That information may not be easy to face. I know a lot of people really don't want to know how they're spending, but doing this process and seeing it all in black and white can really empower you to make necessary changes. So that is the first part of your system. You've just got to find a way that allows you to monitor cash flow that you like, you know, that you enjoy using. All right, the second part of a personal finance system is to set financial priorities. Once you've got a simple way to keep tabs on your cash flow, the next part is just simply to set and maintain priorities. After all, if you don't have financial goals, your money is probably just going to get spent and it's not going to end up where it can serve you best. So what I want you to do is take some time to figure out what you want your future to be. What financial and non-financial dreams do you have for your life? And it's okay if your ideas change over time. And if you're not sure what financial goals you should have, try this simple exercise. Sit down in a quiet place and imagine your life five years from now. Consider where you're living, how you spend your time, the people that you're with. In five years, what would you be proud to say that you had accomplished between now and then? So do that and then stretch your imagination out further and do the same for your life in 10 years and 20 years. Then imagine you're at the end of your life. You are literally on your deathbed with just a few hours left to live. What accomplishments would make you feel good about yourself even in the final hours of your life? These pretty heavy questions can give you some essential information about yourself and help inspire you to get moving in the right direction. Without some clear financial goals, it's really difficult to know what you're making sacrifices for and what you're working for. While everyone's dreams are different, one goal that you've just got to set for yourself is to build a retirement savings. Unless you have a very large trust fund, inheritance or big pension that's coming, you're going to need more money to live on in retirement than the meager social security benefits that you'll receive. And if you're self-employed, setting aside money that you'll owe for a variety of taxes should be another priority, unless you want to get in some serious trouble with the IRS. Other important goals include maintaining an emergency fund and substantially reducing or eliminating any high interest debt that you may owe. You might also want to save for your children's education, make a down payment on a home, buy a vehicle, or start your own business. You know, we all have our own unique dreams and goals. 
And that's what our our money is for. You just have to make sure it gets in the right place so that you can achieve those dreams and goals. Once you've thought about these questions, you can incorporate these goals into your personal finance software or app by creating a budget. So what you do is you set a maximum dollar amount or even a percentage of income for each spending category, such as food, transportation, debt, emergency savings, and retirement. The program will show you how your actual spending compares with your budgeted amounts over different periods of time. Now, here's a tip if you just don't want to be very detailed. You don't want to monitor your cash flow by lots of different categories. You can use the 50-30-20 method. This This is a budgeting approach that allows you to lump a variety of expenses into one of three categories. You've got fixed expenses, variable expenses, and savings. The idea is to spend 50% of your take-home pay on fixed expenses. So those are things like your housing, food, internet, insurance, and debt payments, things that are just necessities and everyday living expenses. Then the next category are for variable expenses. So you might spend 30% on those. These might be things like dining out, entertainment, and clothes. These are the things that are nice to have but not essential. And then the remaining 20% would go toward retirement and emergency savings. If this 50-30-20 method helps you create a simple budget and it helps you watch your cash flow more closely, it's a win. And then you can refine your budget later on if you decide that you want to measure subcategories more carefully. And if you're like me with variable self-employment income from month to month, budgets can be challenging. You don't really know exactly how much you're going to make from month to month as a typical employee would. And you also have to save money to pay your income taxes every quarter. I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I have a top-down approach to spending where I don't set a budget, but what I just do is pay for my goals first and then live on the rest. And for me, that goal is aggressively saving for retirement. However, creating a budget may be an important part of your personal finance system that gets you on track and keeps you on track. All right, the third part of the system is automating your finances. In addition to monitoring your cash flow and spending consciously on your priorities, a key to success is automating your money. If you don't do that, you risk having all of your financial targets fall through the cracks. Setting up automation for every possible part of your financial life is like having an insurance policy that these critical tasks will be completed on time. You're going to have less to think about and remember each month. All right, so let's get back to some ways that you can use automation for more financial success. One is just simply centralizing all your e-bills and automatically paying them online. You might use the bill pay feature offered by your bank or a personal finance program such as Quicken to do this. This feature is one of the most overlooked but valuable personal finance tools out there. Having all your bills in one place makes the often dreaded task of paying them a whole lot easier. Your payments are sent electronically or by a paper check so that you can pay any company or any individual with a mailing address. Most banking institutions guarantee that your payments will arrive on time and they'll reimburse you any late fees if they don't. I've been using online bill pay, I mean, probably for 
more than a decade, and I've never had any problems with it. It is really a great way to centralize and make sure all of your bills get paid. I have them sent to my USAA Bill Pay Center, and I get notified about due dates. I can set up payment dates far in advance and even choose specific accounts to deduct payments from. Centralizing bills inside your checking account allows you to see where your money is going and to make sure that you've got enough to cover those future payments. Just make sure that you're reviewing your bills to make sure that they're accurate. Uh, You could also set up alerts when an e-bill is due and then manually initiate payment through your online bank account or tracking program. Another way to automate is to create recurring transfers between bank accounts. So you could set up a variety of transfers that happen at a particular time or day. For instance, you could move money from your checking to one or more savings accounts designated for anything you like, such as emergency savings, taxes, holiday spending, or vacations. This is the easiest way to pay yourself first according to your priorities. You might also set up recurring external transfers. So these are transfers that move money from your checking or your savings to other financial institutions. These might include sending a percentage of your income to a self-employed retirement account, a health savings account, or a 529 college savings account. Another automation tool is to use sweep transfers. Some financial accounts allow you to set up sweeps, which automatically move amounts that exceed or fall short of a certain threshold at the end of the day. Typically, a sweep transfers excess cash into a higher interest earning account. For instance, you could set up your HSA or your business checking account to move balances over $1,000 into mutual funds. Another automation tip is to do more with direct payroll deposits. If you get a paycheck by electronic direct deposit, ask your employer to split it into multiple accounts. For instance, you could have a certain dollar amount or a percentage sent to your emergency savings or to a home down payment savings account every payday. And of course, most of us are familiar with creating recurring retirement account contributions. If you've got a workplace retirement plan, such as a 401k or a 403b, they require contributions to be automatically deducted from your paychecks. Now, for other accounts, such as an IRA, a SEP IRA, or a solo 401k, those last two are for the self-employed, you can set up contributions to automatically transfer from a bank or brokerage account into your retirement account. Another way to automate is to increase your retirement savings rate. Most retirement accounts give you the ability to increase the dollar amount or the percentage that you contribute automatically. So consider bumping up your savings rate by at least 1% every new year until you max out one or more retirement accounts. So you could set that up right now so that as of January 1 or the beginning of the next month, your retirement contribution will increase by a little bit more, get you a little closer to your goal. And the last automation technique is to use investment rebalancing. Once you choose investments in a retirement account, it can be challenging to maintain the same mix of stocks and bonds 
as the values change. However, most retirement accounts can automatically rebalance your investments for you. This is a great service. They can sell shares in a category that exceeds your chosen allocation and buy shares in another category where you're deficient. So basically, over time, as the values change, they're leveling that out to make sure that your risk tolerance is where you want it. You can use as many financial accounts for different purposes as you need to create the infrastructure of your financial life. I recommend that you avoid commingling funds for different goals because it kind of blurs the lines and it doesn't allow you to be clear about the purpose of each dollar. At a minimum, you likely need a checking account, an emergency savings account, and maybe other savings accounts for various goals and a retirement account. And if you're self-employed, you likely also need a business checking account, maybe a business savings account for those taxes that you owe. You may also need a holding account. This is something I've talked about in a previous podcast where your income goes into that account until you transfer it into other accounts, such as your primary checking savings and one or more retirement accounts. That's a tip that will help you smooth out your variable income if you are self-employed. All right, and the fourth and final part to your personal finance system is making financial adjustments. This is the last part of any solid system. You simply have to review it regularly and make adjustments as needed. The best financial programs have a variety of reports and graphs that allow you to see how you're doing quickly. You may need to reallocate your budget, cut expenses, or reprioritize to make sure that you're getting ahead. So once you set up your system, don't forget that it's all about reviewing it on a regular basis. For you, maybe that's once a week. It could be once a month. Make sure that you are checking in with your finances to make sure that your goals are on track. If you follow these guidelines, it's going to help you protect your money from your propensity to spend it. Having a sound system makes it easier to be more efficient with the money you already have. So the idea is to make sure that every dollar has a place and a purpose based on your goals. Okay, I hope this show has given you some motivation to set up your personal finance system. If you have a money question or an idea for a future show topic, I would love to hear it. Just call 302-364-0308 to leave a message, or you can visit my contact page at lauradadams.com. And while you're there, you can sign up to get updates from me, or you can text get updates. That's a phrase with no space, get updates to the number 33444. Another great way to stay in touch is to join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. You can just search for it on Facebook or text the word dollars, D-O-L-L-A-R-S, to that same number, 33444. I hope to see you in the group. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes that are always available at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I hope you have a wonderful holiday and I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.